Will you please remain standing for our scripture reading this morning? Uh, the message, the reading for today's message comes from the Old Testament of Joshua, chapter 5, verses 9 through 12. Joshua is leading the Israelites after they have crossed the Jordan into the promised land. The reading begins. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt, and, all, and so that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the Israelites were camped in Gilgal, they kept the Passover in the evening on the 14th day of the month in the plains of Jericho. On the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. The manna ceased on the day they ate the produce from the land, and the Israelites no longer had manna. They ate the crops of the land of Cana that year. Our second reading comes from uh, 2 Corinthians, chapters 5, 16 through 21. Paul is giving his instructions to the church at Corinth. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. And this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. You know, they were glad when the manna stopped. Y'all know how long they've been eating that? Well, they, actually, they fussed and moaned about, about it so bad that, that God, remember, he gave them quail? And, and he said, hey, you're going to eat quail until it comes out your nostrils. You know, thank God they're finally in the land now to where they can eat of the produce of the land. That's not what we're talking about today. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this church. These your people. We pray, Lord, as your word is proclaimed that I get out of your way so that your people might hear a word from you. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. We have embarked on a journey of the heart. This, this sermon series is God telling us, uh, the name of it is Return to Me with All of Your Heart. That, that's what God's telling us. But anyway, walking through these Lenten days toward resurrection, embracing transformation, new possibilities, new life, that's what this journey, that's what we've been preaching, that's what we've been talking about this season, Lent. But friends, we, we still have some work to do before we arrive at the, at the garden and at the empty tomb. As Easter begins to appear on the horizon, I know that I'm, I'm the world's worst. I think, come on, get here, get here, get here. You know, and I look and there are, there's still two more candles plus the, the Christ candle uh, that we've got to go with. 
we feel the pressure of the last week, and, and this last week is what you and I call Holy Week. And so we get a little queamish, squeamish, squeamish. I put queamish. Because we know what lies ahead for Jesus. Don't we? That's what this season's all about. Us preparing our hearts, our minds. We've looked at the wilderness and how that we stay in the wilderness and the wilderness of our lives. If we listen to the Apostle Paul, some do, some don't. But if we listen to the Apostle Paul, we're reminded that we still need to walk slowly and with great care. To slow down and be intentional in our walk with the Lord. Before we can get to this new creation that Jeanette read to us this morning. This new creation of Easter. We have some repair work to do. To do within our own hearts. And in the world in which we live. So far on our journey we have traveled uh, We've traveled through the fields, barren wilderness, countless stars, promises of God, both uh, large and small, and tables where we're all fed. That's what we've been talking and preaching about this last month. Like threads sewn together in a quilt, this week we're going to begin binding together our journey with repentance, reconciliation, and repair. As a church, we begin to come together, to come together concerning the mission God's mission, God's purpose for the church. We began to put together what we have studied, what we have learned over this past month. We began to see our role in what God has not only called us to do, but about what God has called us to be as a people of faith, as Christian people. There's a particular concept that our Jewish brothers and sisters used to describe how that how that the Jews are called uh, to respond to a world that feels like that it has come apart at the seam is it's tikkum olam in the simplest forms of terms it means to repair the world when the fabric of society is torn tikkum olam not only calls each of us to participate and the mending of what is broken, but to make it better than it was before it was damaged. Think about that for just a moment. Instead of us being divided into our own little individual groups, we're reminded about coming together, to come together for the, the work of the common good, for the work of, of God's kingdom, to build up, to encourage, to go that extra mile showing hospitality, to work for the building up of God's kingdom while we're on this earth. Friends, we're not here very long. We're not here very long. I can't think of anything more exciting than, than God would reconcile us back to God through Jesus Christ, and that's what he has done, and then enabling us to share God's grace with other people. You ever thought about that? 
What a responsibility. What an honor. What a privilege that it is to be able to do that. And when it comes to the art of repairing the world, there are no shortcuts, no easy answers. It is the difficult and time-consuming work of, of, of repairing by way of reconciliation and restoration that's tough. Living not only in a polarized country concerning politics, y'all give me that this morning? We're pretty polarized, are we not? Okay. So it is in the church. So it is in the church. We all know in our own denomination that there are repairs that need to be made. We know that. It's difficult. And it's time consuming. And it gets to the point to where it wears us down so bad until we get to thinking, let someone else do it. Let someone else step up and do it. For you see, to repair systems and structures, we usually need to break them down to basic levels. See what the problem is, address the root causes of failure, and then begin to rebuild. That's hard work. It's not hard for us to look around in, in our world, our own communities, perhaps in our own families, and see a thousand different fractures, cracks where God's harmonious creation has, some, has somehow gone awry, coming together as Christ's body, the church, is not about grand gestures. It's not about that. But rather, it's about small acts of kindness. Small acts of kindness. Small steps made in faith. Small displays of love and solidarity. Each daily action that we take, embodies loving kindness. It doesn't necessarily make an immediate large impact. I'm not stupid. I know that. I get it. I know that. But as we keep loving and walking in grace, our collective actions as the church, look around you this morning. If all of us went out and, and did a simple act of love. Just look around. We could change the world. I believe that with all my heart. For you see, it's then, coming together as a church, that we begin to make a difference in reconciling the world back to God. There can be a new world that Paul talks about. There is a new creation that he talks about. If only we have eyes to see it. If only we have eyes to see it. Paul urged the gathered community in Corinth to expand their vision, to see that everything, not part, everything has become new. This kind of seeing moves beyond what our eyes can plainly see. Humanity is always, we've always tended to, to focus on what's broken, what is limiting, 
what is imperfect both in ourselves and in the world. What if, just what if, on our way to building a new and better world, all the limits that we put on people and things were suddenly dismantled? What if we did that? And you saw things that way. What if we started to see the world through the eyes of Christ? Whose eyes saw human difference as an opportunity to expand the reign of God on earth. The leper, the woman at the well, the dietary laws, those that were unclean, those who were Jewish or um, Gentiles. On and on and on and on. Y'all get what I'm talking about. Jesus just saw that as an opportunity to expand God's kingdom. What about us? What about us? Do we see a new creation? Are we reconciling the world back to God through our actions? What if we started to see the world through the eyes of Jesus? All the division. All of the hurt, all of everything, the selfishness, the greed, the envy, the gossip that tear people down, that would all disappear. Jesus saw through all barriers and boundaries. He broke them to the point where even death lost all of its finality. Death has no power over you. We're all going to die. But that's not the end. Jesus conquered that. Jesus saw through all brokenness and hopelessness, poured himself out to the point where love conquered all. What if part of our Lenten discipline Involved learning to see with grace-filled eyes. What if you looked at the world with grace-filled eyes? What if we learned how to see with a, a newer, broader vision so that the widening of our vision led to a widening of our hearts? What if we focused on the threads of creation that bind us together and through the work of reconciliation, began to stick the, uh, stitch the threads of a, a new creation. Threads that would bind us closer to one another and, of course, closer to God. The things of God cause us to come together, not only as a church, but when the church comes together, friends, so does our communities. Listen to what I'm saying. Coming together as the church, if we could ever get that right, this ministry of reconciliation that, that, that God has given to us, you'd see a difference, a big difference in our community. Our reading from Paul recalls a prophecy about Isaiah, about the world made new. He says, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
Paul continues this ancient theme, telling us of this new creation is always and everywhere in our midst. It's among us now. It's always being created, and it is created by us through Christ. We are God's vision. We are the ones that are resurrected with Christ. We are the ones who, while walking in the wilderness way, have found the living water in the desert. It's Christian people. It is no longer enough to simply see and perceive that a a new world is possible. We're to do something about that. We're to live that each and every day. And you say, how? Paul tells us right here, because we're to be agents of reconciliation who keep working to bring God's vision into reality. How about that? Paul proclaims, so if anyone is in Christ, are you in Christ? Okay, then you're a new creation. If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. If you're not, you're not. But Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, you're a new creation. There is a new creation. It's you. Anyone. Anyone. And the congregation that's in Christ is a new creation. The Lenten wilderness is is a place where it becomes necessary for us to shed some of our old ways. Our old ways. We need to let go of our sin and selfishness. Greed and self-centeredness to make room for this whole new resurrected life into which we are called to live. Paul asked his community in Corinth and at Hebrew Springs to be reconciled, trusting the ministry of reconciliation to us. Y'all realize the responsibility that we have? How truly blessed that we are, but the responsibility that we have for God's grace, the accountability that we have. For you see, reconciliation involves us letting go of our old ways and seeing the way Jesus does. How can our Lenten journey help us to see beyond the obstacles and the stumbling blocks, the places where the fabric of of humanity seems to be threadbare and, 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 and torn? And how, how can we begin to open the eyes of our hearts to dream of a world fully reconciled and renewed, resurrected and restored? How can we do that? First of all, you have to have a willing heart. That's where it all begins. We, no doubt, throughout the world in Christianity have folks in our pews who resist seeing a new vision, a new way of living, a new way of being. Those who are content to stay in their old grave clothes, G-R-A-V-E, grave clothes. But the good news is this, is Christ keeps calling, beckoning, pulling at us drawing us together so that all creation might be reconciled to God. 
The good news is that when we see the frayed edges of human injustice and indignity with the eyes of Christ, then we are compelled to start the work of repair, the work of mending. Coming together is the body of Christ to do it. One small act at a time. The world would never get a glimpse of God's vision unless we share it. Talking Christian people, unless we share it, unless we make a concerted effort to say with our hearts and with our lives, this is where the world is torn apart. This is where love is calling us to go. Hebrew Springs First United Methodist Church, where is love calling us to go today? Where is it? We have a big community here. I mean, 72, 7,400 people. Where is it that love is calling us to go? Where is it that we need to be reconciling the world back to God? Of course, it's through Jesus Christ. Where is it that love is calling us to go? Where is it that love is calling us to bind and to build? Let us heal the hurt. Let us heal the hurt with the ties that bind it back together to Christ. Let us point to the places where water flows in the desert of people's lives. <coughs> Excuse me. Let us work to live and to the fullness of God's good creation, let us see beauty while creating harmony and justice and reconciliation. One small act at a time. Is that so much for us? Is that so hard for us to do? Imagine leaving this place of worship and going into the world and having a good word to say. Imagine instead of tearing down, whether it be by um, internet or, or Facebook, ever, ever what it might be, imagine instead of tearing down, we had something good to say about God. about this church and about other people. Just thought we needed to hear it. Thanks be to God. Amen.